Welcome to Hospitals in Focus from the Federation of American Hospitals. Here's your host, Chip Kahn. Hello, and welcome to Hospitals in Focus. We appreciate your listening. Healthcare in rural America is becoming a constant struggle. This means that care is difficult to attain or just not available. A major factor is shrinking ready access due to hospital closures or retrenching of services. Rural hospitals are feeling the brunt of workforce shortages and deep inflation. In this context, as the Federation of American Hospitals recognizes Rural Hospital Week, November 13th through the 17th, it is an opportune time to draw attention to the healthcare challenges faced by rural Americans and discuss potential solutions. Joining me today is Alan Morgan, longtime CEO of the National Rural Health Association. Thanks for being here, Alan. Chip, appreciate being back on the program again. And, and as always, I really appreciate your collaboration and leadership when it comes to rural health. Thank you so much, Alan. We really appreciate uh, what you do and what your organization does for Americans. And to get started in talking about this stress, I mean, the healthcare system in general, but particularly in rural areas, is recovering from the trauma of COVID, uh, but the stress, particularly in rural America, continues. Can you give us a sense from keeping your sort of ear to the ground with your members? Uh, what's keeping them up at night when they're thinking of that important access to care for the people they serve? Thanks. That's a great place to start with. Um, yeah, it, it, it is always a challenge delivering care in a rural context, but since the COVID-19 pandemic, it's just gotten progressively worse. I got to tell you, workforce is a, a, a defining characteristic of rural America and workforce shortages. But the crisis we're facing number uh, at this point for rural hospitals, workforce is a number one issue that um, our members are dealing with right now. And followed closely behind that, number two is the financial pressures to keep the doors open on these facilities. You know, in that light, talking about financial pressure, uh, as you know, the U.S. House is considering uh, cuts to outpatient hospital care sort of under this notion of site neutrality. Uh, my guess is that this one-size-fits-all approach to outpatient services would have an especially difficult, or be an especially difficult cut for rural hospitals. Have you been following this issue? And, and in terms of impact, uh, how concerned are you? Well, it's amazing because uh, of all the issues we deal with, this is potentially the most frustrating policy issue out there. And I say that because the site neutrality proposal, it impacts urban and rural the same. Hospitals have higher operating costs. They have higher costs associated with the regulatory burdens they face. So in that extent, it's an issue for all hospitals. But for rural hospitals operating on a margin, uh, this just makes no sense. And I say that because in those hearings that have been talked about this on Capitol Hill, um, the policy leaders open by saying, we love rural hospitals. We know they're having a difficult time financially. And we want to do this proposal that's going to reduce the reimbursement rates. It just makes no sense from a policy standpoint whatsoever. None. You know, in, in terms of Medicare, other than these discussions on Capitol Hill about reductions in outpatient payment. The other biggest factor that, that I see out there 
is the growth of managed care and in Medicare, Medicare Advantage. And what surprised me, frankly, because from my old insurance days, I, I always assumed you needed a concentration of population, is that there has been rapid growth in MA, Medicare Advantage, not just in urban areas, but really in rural areas. And we're already uh, above 50% overall. And I know this is having a significant effect uh, on rural health care because so many of, of, of those in rural America are seniors and, and on uh, Medicare. What do you see as the effect on both hospitals and physicians trying to serve Medicare beneficiaries that are joining these MA plans? How, how well are they working out there in rural America? This highlights the, the point that rural health care policy is often the study of unintended consequences. Uh, like you, I think everyone was excited about the concept of expanding insurance coverage and options to patients uh, across the U.S. And that was the stated goal, and I think that's where we'd like to be. But in reality, what we've seen is uh, Medicare Advantage plans operating within the context of the law have had a, a very detrimental uh, impact on rural hospitals, whether it's re reduced reimbursement rates, denial of service, and even just the advertising of benefits that in many cases don't exist uh, in certain rural communities. I mentioned earlier that the top two issues, workforce, overall financial concerns, number three is Medicare Advantage and the impact on rural hospitals. So this is a particular concern to our membership at this time, Chip. And as it affects rural hospitals, we get into an issue of immediately of sort of rural equity because urban systems have weight in terms of dealing with managed care, or whether it's for Medicare Advantage or for private lines of business, but that rural hospitals frequently don't have that same kind of negotiating power. And they also are suffering in Medicare, as, as, we're, as we're saying, from you know, wage issues and, and, and workforce issues. Uh, what do you see as the key components of, at least in the Medicare context, of an equity strategy? I, I, I mentioned wage index as an issue. Rural dish payment is, is an issue. And clearly, uh, we've long had what's called the extenders, low volume adjustment and the Medicare-dependent hospital adjustment. Uh, what do you see uh, for those programs uh, moving forward in Congress, and, and how important are they? Well, they're tremendously important. And it highlights the fact that um, both the federal government and the state governments have to be good partners when it comes to health care with rural hospitals. Medicare and Medicaid, the account, and sometimes is, uh, you know, as high as 65 to 75 percent of the inpatient volume of these rural hospitals. As such, you have to have a good partnership. I'm... I, on the topic of issues that I'm frustrated with this every two years of having to go back to the well to for these um, extenders, Medicare extenders, Medicare dependent hospitals, sole community hospital, um, it's beyond frustrating. This needs to be permanent. Um, it adversely impacts the forecasting for our membership in a rural uh, community. I understand the politics behind this, and uh, but regardless, it's just not good health care for our communities out there. You know, a few years ago, Congress uh, passed a law that allowed hospitals to, uh, in a sense, be rural hospitals to be retrofitted, in a sense, to downsize or right-size 
uh, into emergency rooms or, or really outpatient functions. That uh, program has now gone into effect. And frankly, there hasn't been much take up. Um, and you mentioned earlier in our conversation that there is a lot of, I, I, hope it's, I hope it leads to real action, but at least rhetoric about concern about rural health care uh, when Congress has its, uh, the House and the Senate have their hearings on health care. Can you give us a, a concept of, of what you think a framework would be that, that Congress and, you know, maybe CMS as, as the major implementer of active policy here, what would a framework look like that would make sense to really move us forward uh, in terms of new federal policy to assure uh, rural Americans that they have access to the care they need? Chip, you and I have been around the block a couple times here, and I, ho- I wonder, are, do you feel the same sense of deja vu when it comes with the rural emergency hospital program and what we saw with the creation of the critical access hospital program that I do? It feels the same. I mean, the uptake of this program feels the same. So over the last decade, we've had 152 rural hospitals close. This year, we've, we've, we have that option, the, um, I, I guess, uh, relief valve of the rural emergency hospital. And we've seen 14 hospitals close their inpatient service and convert over to a rural emergency hospital. On one hand, this is great and I, I, because it maintains that access point. But we have to acknowledge that we're losing inpatient care. And at the end of the day, that's a decreased access for rural communities on this. I really think going forward um, as a nation, when it comes to rural hospitals in particular, we need to make sure that we've got that 24-7 emergency service available within 30 minutes or 30 miles. You just, it's not safe to be in a community without that. And however we frame that going ahead, it has to be access to timely quality care for rural communities. I think that's going to necessitate both new provider types and also new payment types as well, too. As we move more towards this value-based approach and how do we pay our clinicians and hospitals to keep their communities healthy and out of the emergency room going ahead? And that's a big transformation. Just to put those numbers in, in context, so 152 closures and the 14 conversions. What, what's the total end right now in terms of the number of hospitals that you consider rural? I know Medicare has some designations of rural that are a little bit broader, but in terms of what you would say in terms of your membership and, and, and real rural hospitals, what's our total number right now? Yeah, thanks for asking the toughest uh, question of the, of the day on that one, Chip. The federal government has 72 different ways of defining rural for their programs across the board, 72 different ways of, of calling something rural. Um, from a hospital standpoint, there are roughly 2,000 rural hospitals, so it's about half of the nation's hospitals are rural. You've got uh, roughly 1,200, close to 1,200 critical access hospitals, and then about 800 uh, rural prospective payment hospitals on that. And as I mentioned, as we've alluded to now, we just have the very beginning of this new rural emergency hospital model. Where's that's going to end up? It's, it's really hard to say. I don't think any of us expected the critical access hospital program to um, explode, but that certainly was a emblematic of the challenges faced in delivering health care. So we'll have to wait and see how this ends up. But 
at the end of the day, Chip, I, it, we, we have to focus in on maintaining access to care for these communities, not just because it's the right thing to do, but also because it saves cost in transfers. And um, I, I think from a country and from a, a population standpoint, Congress has to be a good, a good partner in this going ahead. As we wrap up, Alan, from all the work you do and talking to your membership, and maybe you've outlined it, but sort of what would you say is the key message to Washington in order of keeping that 2000 base as solid as we can? You have to back up and ask, what is driving this? What is the rationale that both urban and rural people can join in it together on the importance of rural hospitals? And I have to be honest, it's, it's the population health. It's the declining life expectancy we're seeing among rural communities. And as we've seen this declining life expectancy among rural communities, you're actually seeing from the census department an increased population as people now can work where they want to and live where they want to. We're finally seeing a migration back out to rural. Some of the fastest growing counties in the U.S. are rural adjacent to urban. So there's a policy perspective that's important. There's a finance perspective that's important. It's just um, for our nation's healthcare system, we've got to do everything we can to maintain these access points. Alan, I just want to express my appreciation for all you do uh, in terms of one of the most important areas of, you know, American civil life, which is, which is our rural sectors. And hopefully we'll see an improving situation as we move into the future. Uh, clearly, policymakers are continuing to focus on rural health care, and it's important that it is a priority. Uh, I know it's a priority with, with my members. Many of the members I represent uh, provide either primarily or a good bit of uh, rural care in their hospitals and, and consider that one of their most important aspects of their mission. So with that, I uh, just want to express my appreciation for your uh, uh, being on the line today. Chip, thank you so much. And I want to close by thanking both the Federation and your membership uh, for the uh, collaboration and the partnership in our advocacy and policy issues over the year. It's just so nice to have such a solid partner in Washington, D.C. Great. Thanks for listening to Hospitals in Focus from the Federation of American Hospitals. Learn more at FAH.org. Follow the Federation on social media at FAH Hospitals and follow Chip at ChipCon. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Hospitals in Focus. Join us next time for more in-depth conversations with healthcare leaders.